If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in VCE production in studio in Nashville, nice. Tennessee. Thank you. That was so smooth. Thank you so much. We've got a great show for you today. It's, it's our special guest segment. We're so yes. excited to bring in somebody new, but before we introduce her... All the way from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We'll talk about why that's so important to me here in just a second. To the right, my good friend, the founder and CEO of All Things Goat, Tyler Burnett. Tyler, got the old school goat turf on. Don't wear that anymore. Really? I want oh. the new stuff. I want the new stuff. I like. don't like it. I think I, I like it. I like classic. It. I know. I like the new stuff. New Coke. Attention. To the left. Attention continues. <laughs> he changed shirts. What I did. is what is that, like an ACDC shirt? Or? I will have to tell you when the time is right. Okay. He is the LinkedIn whisperer, friend. the calming force to our show. We call him Captain Kentsugi from time to time. John Byers. John, thank you for being here with us today. Thank so you for good. keeping on track. So thank good. you for getting focused. But more importantly, thank you for bringing in Lindsay Leahy. Lindsay is all the way from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. She is the founder, CEO, and rock star of the Restoration Project. And Lindsay, we're so glad you're here. You're here with us today and can't wait to learn more about what we're going to be not in store, but we're, we're going to restore. So thanks for being here with us today. Well played. Thanks. Lindsay, so good to Love have it. you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad that I see someone else that is holds t-shirts important. It seems like you've got a great shirt every time every day. we talk. So tell us about this one. Yeah, this is from my alma mater, Mount Mercy University. We have nuns on campus still. And so it says, sisters before misters. Always, <laughs> always. As a, as a fellow Catholic, I will say that sisters are some of the goats are the greatest of all time. They serve it up in a way that you can get it all the time. Yes, they do. All the time. And, and, you know, what the sisters will tell you that in our 20s we get in the game, in our 30s we move up in the game, in they our 40s we that. try to stay in the game. But our 50s, we ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? <laughs> yes. And sisters, just like goats, are recognized for their greatness. What they do certainly elevates the play of those around them. Anybody in Catholic school can tell you that. And they will slap you if you don't. But they also compete on unique perspective education experience. <laughs> what they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy. It creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. We do have you coming in through the World Wide Web, and if you do need anything related to the World Wide Web, the only people that you reach out to is... Dev Digital. Dev Digital. With that, I'll turn Digitizing it over to you. The world. Spencer, this is for you. I'm just turning the show over to John, and I'm going to let you take him here. John, call me when you're over. we got to let him know that you brought him up. He'll be tickled to death. Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah. So, uh, our friend, Lindsay Leahy, so excited to have you on with us. Lindsay, amongst many things that we're going to talk about today, is a proud wife, daughter, auntie and friend as mm -hmm. well as a jesus lover hugger i think those are the same things dreamer and the author <laughs> of the blog grit gratitude and grace ah i love it i might have written a blog named that if i was that good to come up with the name she's also the founder as colby let us know the restoration project which provides conscious life leadership and organizational development services 
to help us increase awareness, address human issues. I know something about that and challenges <laughs> clients to become more intentional so we can positively transform the way we live, lead, and work. There's some frameworks in there. You probably love that. Gosh, yes. You? I mean, so many. Colby's a, a lot of stuff. Guy. That was too long. Was I too should long. have shortened that Shame up for you. you. Well, <laughs> it is it is so good to have you here. And there is a lot packed into those few those couple of sentences. And we'd like to hear some more about that. So one of the ways, Lindsay, that we honor our guests is we ask them to catch us up to today. And maybe in doing that, and that's from like think of the Goonies moment where Chunk is like, it started in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> think of that moment all yeah. the way till right now when you're sporting the sisters over Mr.'s shirt. Amen. And maybe three or four defining moments along the way. Catch us up on the life of Lindsay Leahy. Welcome to the yeah. show. Thank you so much. You guys make me laugh. This is going to be fun. Um, okay, so I'm from small town Nebraska first key moment in my life. My parents divorced when I was three. Oh, and, jumping right in. Which, oh yeah, <laughs> right in. you bet. <laughs> um, and that's a defining moment in my life for a long period. Um, John and I met um, through a networking group and he knows that I go deep fast. So I'm going to just do that right out of the gate. I love, um, I love it. <laughs> so my, uh, my father was um, abusive and uh, we grew up with a family kind of riddled with addiction and just struggling. And so that's defined a lot of my life choices, um, making choices from a place of wounding that I'm not good enough, that I'm unworthy. Um, I had some serious trust issues. So fast forward, kind of went through high school and college with a lot of those pieces, um, moved to Iowa from Nebraska um, because I met a boy and ah. followed him to Cedar Rapids. Absolutely. <laughs> and my parents being, What's he doing these uh, days? loving, yeah, he's not in the picture anymore. There we go. So <laughs> <laughs> my parents being the loving humans, they are tried to tough love me into, Hey, if you move, we're going to cut you off financially. Oh, wow. And from a communication standpoint, but I did it anyway, because that's the human being that I am. And within three months, almost landed me in the hospital. It was a really bad situation. Oh, wow. So then I'm stuck in Iowa. Hold on. With, did, did they cut you off? Yeah. No. Yep. Insurance financially. Wow. Um, and we didn't communicate for a few months. How old were you at the time? 20. Oh, wow. And, and that few months later, you ended up in the hospital. Was that the moment that kind of brought you back together with your parents? Okay. I didn't actually end up in the hospital, but we were in a pretty serious fight. And next thing I knew I had, he had choked me out and I was, oh I woke gosh. up on the floor alone. He was gone. Um, and that was another big wake up call for me. Like friend, you better figure this out or you might not have a life left to live. So, wow. yeah. So then I, I was here and working a full-time job, getting ready to go back to school, trying to figure out what that might look like for me and found Mount Mercy. So um, the sisters did literally save my life. I will put that on record. Uh, it was a really good place for me, smaller college, um, faith-based university. I was not Catholic. I was not raised Catholic, but they were open to mm -hmm. anyone who came to campus. So I spent a lot of times in that, a lot of time in that little chapel um, and then graduated with a communications degree 
got my first full-time job in uh, marketing for a financial services company. And that was probably my next defining moment. Um, I landed a job that was better than what my family had anticipated I would ever mm. do or and I made them more money than they ever thought I would make right out of school. The bar was set pretty low for me. Um, and so through that, climbed the ladder and just did what I needed to do to please all of my bosses and got into leadership positions. And my first leadership 360 review was um, tough. So someone called me an aggressive B. Oh, wow. And that was how, how old yeah. were you at this moment of clarity? <laughs> that that happened when I was 24 or 5 probably. Have you been called that in a 360 before? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> an aggressive bitch? <laughs> yes. Um no, no, not okay. not yet, but I'm but if I need to, I you can. You, are you doing that in I my 360? No, I don't need to. Okay. <laughs> no, I have not yet. That was a 360 review. Yeah, I mean, she's she obviously went through one in her, in her workplace, hmm. and so she went through a three sixty. Yes, about that last yeah, week about doing three sixties. Uh, but hopefully, there were yeah. some also some some good points as well along the way. With I the, don't know how do you follow that up. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's that's the moment that the restoration but, but, project started to be born. Well, mm -hmm. and, and it sounds like to me that, that those moments all the way up to this three sixty where they they labeled you in this way. I mean, it, it, it impacted your soul. Every one of those moments impacted your soul. Mm. And, Very much. And, and probably is, is a part of the driving force of the restoration project. And so you, you, was this job the defining moment where you said, and I'm now I'm going to go do my own thing, or, or was there more to come to lead you to that? No, there was more to come. So that for me, the lesson in that was I was always a fighter, right? So I had I sat in that, receiving that, and wanted to be defensive and argue all the reasons why that wasn't true. Now we can have a whole nother conversation about using the term aggressive related to women leadership mm -hmm. is a bigger issue, but, sure. but I needed in that moment to understand where my intentions for what I wanted for my team, which was to help and to serve and to achieve the goals that we had together was not in line with the perception of my team members and my actions. And so it was like, what I was doing was good, but the how I was doing it was really wrecking people and ruining some of my relationships. And it's worth just dropping in this quick 15 seconds to, to not miss what you just shared about women being labeled as aggressive. Rachel Layton, early on in the life of the podcast, help us unpack that a little bit because mm -hmm. you could, I think what I learned through that is that you could have a woman and a man exhibit the same behaviors and yet be labeled something very differently. And that's what I hear you saying in that one, yes. an aggressive B versus another, okay you know, you have, this is an adult, you have leadership. This is an adult show. Yeah. You have leadership. This is yes. an adult show. Well, earmuffs. Yes. Earmuffs. Oh, it's funny you say that because when I had my one meeting at Nissan, the guy told me, you know, I was being very defensive, just like you. Well, the, the zone has never had under a minute of downtime every day, and I came in here at average 30 minutes a day, and he said, you can win the battle but can you win the war? Because when you go to the next battle and you turn around and all your soldiers are dead behind you, you can't win the next battle and you can't win the war. So it's about getting results, but not always about short-term results. And it's how you go about it to continue to get your team on board and keep them on board. So I like that, what you brought 
there. Thank you. Yeah. So that was lesson in leadership. And then I quick to round this all out and get us to today. I continued to climb the corporate ladder and had a lot of success in a sales career and woke up lonely and unfulfilled with everything that culture said I should have. And that was the point at which I started to explore um, what else there might be and wonder what else maybe I was put here to do, a higher mm -hmm. calling, if you will. And in my last job, um, so a couple of things happened that kind of led me toward the restoration project. One was I was representing 21 different service lines within a large professional services organization. So tax, audit, um, payroll, technology, all those kinds of things. My job was to open the door for the relationship and have a formal discovery and then bring in subject matter experts to put a solution together for that business. And what ended up happening was I'd sell them the solution and try to hand it off to the implementation team. And they would have all kinds of human issues related to that implementation or change. And they wanted me to come in and help facilitate the changing of systems and habits and behaviors and getting hearts and minds aligned with the shift that we needed to make. And I couldn't do that in my role. So that was point number one. And then two, it was just a, a, a values issue for me, like what is most important here. And so I started having some dreams about Moses in the desert and so literally um, like dreams, dreams while you were sleeping. Yes. <laughs> yes. And would wake up like, what is this about? And at this time I'm on my own, like personal journey, faith journey and focusing more time there. And came home, told my husband, I think I'm going to quit my job and become a missionary. And he was like, hmm, maybe you need to just take some time off. Did you remind him of that <laughs> moment, sisters before misters? <laughs> yes. He is Catholic, born and raised, so he gets it. <laughs> but then um, through some exploration, the, the restoration project was born. This idea of restoring that that gap that exists between our intentions and our actions so really helping people identify who am i how do i want to show up and aligning their actions accordingly the whether CVS it's an individual moment. team or an org <laughs> we've, got an episode, we've got an episode coming up that that i think that very line we probably stole it from you unknowingly and inserted it into that episode <laughs> but love what you just shared yep. when you said you were rounding it out what else might you add to that that story um, I don't know what else. Well, you, you what said, you said intentions to actions. Mm -hmm. So, so your business really focuses on that. Yeah. Tell yes. us about the restoration project. What, what is it? So, what is it? Yeah. That you so guys do? we provide, um, coaching and consulting services. So coaching individuals and teams on identity, you know, who are you, what are your deepest intentions and how can we show up and live and lead more aligned to that? So what I was experiencing in corporate America, for instance, is we have all this leadership training, Dale Carnegie, all these processes that you go through or trainings you go through. What we wanted to create was a platform by which leaders can explore who they really are right. and then develop their leadership tendencies that are more aligned to their personality, their calling, their way of doing things. And it's the same at an organizational level. We come into an organization 
and especially after the pandemic, really go deeper than strategy and talk about purpose and meaning and intentions and how do we build the systems and the processes and get the hearts and minds aligned with how we're trying to execute our business. Would you say you help them focus on their image or their heart? Heart. So I think she would have been a good friend of mine on that episode that you guys. That, well, that was a loaded question. Me on. Hey, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question, Lindsay, because <laughs> we've all been there, right? We've all said, "Hey, what I hear you say is that you had this these moments in your life that always made you stop and take a step and reflect on your own life and to keep asking yourself, what is it I really want? What is it I really want? What is it I really want?" Yes. Mm. And, and then you decide, you know what, I'm going to go and chase this and do this. No matter what the cost to me, I'm going to figure this out. Who is the first client that you, that decided, yes, I need this from you. And what, what happened in that moment for you? Because one of the things that I believe is that if we didn't have those first people that took a chance on us when nobody else would, then we wouldn't be where we are today. So I'm interested to hear what that first client was like and then how your business, when was that and how has your business changed over, over, over time since that first client? So I went out on my own and officially launched in November of 2019. And in December, it was a local bank president that he and I had had previous conversations that always went deeper and were more, more holistic than just, you know, the normal coffee shop talk. And he had two executives that he was trying to help. They're, they were working moms. They they were in their 30s trying to be an executive and be a mother and really struggling with um, feeling like they were winning at either. And so he v- invited me in to help each of them kind of de- develop what does success look like for me and how can I m- align my energy and my time to those areas that will help me live that out more fully. Uh, He has been a huge supporter of our business. We just launched some quarterly community wide events and they've been a sponsor of ours. That just gave me confidence that I'm not, I kind of felt crazy at first. Like we all do. Is this going to work? Especially when the people closest to you say things like this, why can't you just go get a normal job? (laughs) Why, Why can't you just go get a real job and go on corporate trips like everybody else? What's wrong with you, Colby? Oh, I'm sorry. What's wrong with you, Leah? Right. Yes. yes. I yes. thought I thought you were going there with this when you started. You said you you kept asking yourself, "What is it that I really want? What is it that I really want?" Yeah. And I think where you you will uh, hopefully I think we all will continue to do that in a certain way and evolve over the years. But yeah. I think where your goatness might come in, since this is an episode about those striving to be a goat in their own life, business, and relationships, Amen. is that you help elevate others in getting them to ask that question of themselves. Yes. That's what I hear in your story. That's what I hear the restoration project is today. What is it that I really want is what you're asking yourself and getting others to ask of themselves. Exactly. That's scary because oh, sure. there will be trade-offs, right? I resisted the truth of who I was and what I wanted to do for a long time because I knew that meant fundamental shifts in what yeah. I'd always done. Well, yeah, and our, well, our entire society is built on a dream deferred, right? We, we'll just keep we'll yes. keep that dream deferred until it finally stares you in the face and it sounds like you had this moment where you said, I've got to go and do this. Let's, yeah. Let's, I mean, oh, please. Yeah. Go ahead. Linda. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the t- I read a book, too, during this whole transition period 
um, Bronnie wears top five regrets of the dying. The top regret of the dying is I wish I'd lived a life true to myself. Mm. So to your point, deferred dreams, people are dying, not having lived true to who they really were, or probably even known yeah. who they really were. And so we're just trying to wake people up to that earlier. Cause I just think about, man, if I were to address some of the thoughts in my head and the things that were holding me back earlier in life, what could I have done? You know, I wouldn't change anything about my life, but I just wonder sure. how I can help others in that. What was it called again? Five um, Top Five dying. Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware. Well, we want to hear more about the Restoration Project and some cool stories that you've been able to be a part of and, and help people walk through. But one of the things before we get there, we want to, um, we, one of the ways we honor our guests, I would say, is that we ask them to give us their own definition of a goat. So mm-hmm. we would love for you to do that. And then we obviously want to hear you share a goat. So, well, yes, I've been thinking a lot about this. So, in the spirit, John, of what you just said, helping people really identify who they are and what they want. Think a goat for me is someone who is the change that they want to see in the world. Like they have done their work to understand that mother Teresa. What? I think so. Gandhi, Gandhi, Gandhi. be the okay. change. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was staying in line with the the whole sister mm-hmm. above oh, mistress. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So that's it for me. Somebody who really does the work to understand themselves and has a clear vision for how they want to change the world and lives that out. And my goat, of course is Jesus like can't be Jesus in well, that arena. No. And we are coming up on Easter. So yeah. He he'll be right back. That's what he said. <laughs> That's right. That's right. right I'm really disappointed. I was actually going I told these guys earlier I you know try to wear cool shirts which I'll share about this one in a second, but I bought a shirt and it was a picture of Jesus and it said BRB on it and it was my Easter shirt that I was going to wear today and it didn't come in in time it's going to get here tomorrow but i was very proud of it but this shirt i will say it's a Led Zeppelin album i am a cyclist and will ride often and this is a picture when i saw this i'm running out of shirts by the way we're like 67 episodes (laughs) in this is an this is a shirt where the bike is picked all apart and being as i might call it for this episode restored and so uh, this this is my shirt to honor you and the Restoration Project. I have a goat that I want to share. I'd like to, that too. I thought of immediately when, when, as we were, maybe not immediately, but as we were unpacking thoughts around this episode. And my goat, I don't know if it's the artist or the song, but the goat is the boss, Good Bruce Springsteen. Thank you. Mm. And it, the song, which makes me think we will continue this conversation, is might be one of the most sad songs I've ever heard. In, maybe the, it's the saddest song I've ever heard in my life. I'm I, on fire. It is Secret Garden. Oh, wow. Mm. And here's the line that, that makes me think what you do, Lindsay, is so important to the world. At the very end, it says, we're everything you want where everything you need will always stay a million miles away. Not only to you, I would tell that this, by the way, if you haven't heard the song, pause the episode, go listen to it. You'll like this episode so much more when you do. I love it. It is a song about you can, uh, maybe a guy 
trying to court a girl and he can't get to the deepest parts of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter what. And this is at the end where it leaves you with that line. She'll always stay a million miles away. I would say it's not only the loss of the guy, but it's the loss of the the girl in the story as well. They're both losing because she won't let him into the deepest parts of her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like part of the work that you do is helping people not be the main character in this story. You get me. You get and me. and it's in Jerry Maguire. So that's it is the in time. Jerry Maguire. That it is. Way to tie Jerry. all that together. Yes. So so your your goat was Gandhi. Jesus. 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 But okay, that's right. I quoted Gandhi. Quoted yes. Gandhi. You've yeah. had Moses Did as a goat. Before. Yeah. So she then you go Moses. with the boss. The boss. My my goat is the uh, the sisters in uh, the movies uh, movie Blues Brothers. Oh. I thought you were going to like say sisterhood with Whoopi Goldberg. No, whatever. No. Have you ever seen the, the movie Blues Brothers? I can't say that I have. All right, that's on your list. Too young. But they're okay. they're on a mission from God, and um, they the the sisters help them change the world. Jake and Elwood mm-hmm. Blues. There we go. John Belushi. It's John Belushi. All right. Do you do you have a goat there? My goat is Colby Jubinville. Oh wow! <laughs> I know because, this episode is making you think about me. Kind of kind of what Colby has done to help me as I've come up is to understand what I mm. want. That's right. I love that. This is awesome. just a full Jeez. circle. That feels good. It does feel good. Well, and, and from the, what I've taken, the abuse that I've taken over the last four hours, that feels really good. So, um, we, you know, the whole technical difficulty here and um, where we are today. Today, Quill, on the persuasion. going to come through. He's David through. came through. Um, what's the best part about your work? What do you love the most? What is, uh, what makes you feel the best about what you do? Yeah, it is literally watching people come back to life, like facing the stuff that they've carried or buried for so long and watching them get free and get out of their own way to come back to life and lead well and work better. I mean, it is so amazing to witness that. Are you still a people pleaser? You said that you were a people pleaser. Are you still, do you you still find that today? Chapter two of John's next book is called, uh, I please you, you please me. What's wrong, (laughs) what's wrong with people pleasing? So do you, do you still find, I I struggle with that. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, it's tough. I I have gotten better at it. So here's my thing. Now I say yes, because I know I can't resist the yes. And then I always give myself permission to come back and say no later. (laughs) Yes. With a caveat. Yeah, I, I read somewhere the other day that every time we say yes, we're creating a future deficit for ourselves, and every time we say no, we're creating some kind of future opportunity, oh. which I thought was an interesting perspective on mm-hmm. it. Right? As one door closes, another one opens. Is that yeah? Kind of the, I like that. Well, are we going to close this door so that we can <laughs> get to the next one? I think Tyler's ready, and I think he's. I think he's right. <laughs> Tellers on fire. This today. is an episode you, two. In, this plane this today? is an episode two and from work. I think people are pulling into the garage. <laughs> yeah, we're either halfway to work or halfway home. All the way from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Well, we're, by the way, both my parents attended Co College. The plane has- my, my dad played yes. for Marv Levy and my mom was a Tri Delt. And uh, so glad to have somebody in the bosom, as John likes to say, of the show. Yes. From, from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So for Tyler. 
and wait, John. Wait, wait, wait. Hang out with oh. us for just a... We're, we're going to wind the episode down, but don't go anywhere. Yeah. We're gonna, will you stay with us just for a few more minutes? For yes. some reason, we need to break this up into two episodes. So. And as one door closes, another door opens into the next episode for Tyler and John and Leah all the way from... How about Steve? Lindsay? Lindsay. <laughs> How about Lindsay Leahy? Lindsay. I can't believe I just did that. This is absolutely It's all right. Um, please, we're going to have to redo the whole episode. <laughs> I'm Colby Jubinville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Boom. Um.